Welcome back, Warriors. Tansei Sego Anibuju. Queen Deluisi Pampometer, and I'm the host of this show, The Warrior Life. This podcast is a show about living the warrior life, a lifestyle that focuses on decolonizing our minds, bodies, and spirits, while at the same time revitalizing our cultures, traditions, laws, and governing practices. It's also about asserting, living, and defending our sovereignty all over Turtle Island. And today's episode is a follow-up from our previous conversations with Skylar Williams. He's the spokesperson for 1492 Land Back Lane. For those of you who missed the previous episodes with Skylar, you can go back and check them out. Episode 64 was an interview with Skylar Williams and Micah Burning about their peaceful occupation of lands at Mackenzie Meadows, lands which rightfully belong to Six Nations as part of the Haldeman Tract. Then we had Skylar back on episode 72 to give us an update on the occupation at 1492 Lambac Lane and all of the different court proceedings that were happening at that time and charges against land defenders. Shortly after that, we had Skylar on episode 74 to get updated about the OPP's police violence against the land defenders, but we were interrupted partway through when the police arrived. So if you missed those episodes, go back and listen to them for all the details and all of the chronology and the history of what's been happening over this past year at 1492 Lambac Lane. But just in case you're joining us for the very first time today, by way of a very brief summary, the Haudenosaunee people have peacefully occupied the Mackenzie Meadows housing development, which was renamed to 1492 Landback Lane, for almost a year now. The Land Reclamation Group has been peaceful and the people on the ground have engaged in community feasts, games of lacrosse, and even had music concerts uh, put on by supporters like Haudenosaunee musician and two-time Juno Award winner Derek Miller. And in case you're interested, we also had Derek Miller on the Warrior Life podcast to talk about his role and how he uses his music to support the land defenders. So you don't want to miss that. And we also had Native journalist Carl Dockstader on his experience, who was trying to cover what was happening at 1492 Landback Lane, but ended up getting arrested. So we did a whole Warrior Life podcast episode on the criminalization of Indigenous journalists. Skylar Williams has done a great deal of work engaging with the media and keeping us up to date on what's happening on social media. He and the other land defenders have helped educate the public about the importance around the concept of land back and protecting what little lands we have left. So today we got to talk to Skylar just before he was going to a powwow so that we could get an update on everything that's been happening since the last time we talked to him. So I'll get right into the interview. So today we get to talk to Skylar again to get an update on everything, plus some really good news. Welcome back to the Warrior Life Podcast, Skylar. Well, no, thank you so much for having me. No, this is awesome. I mean, I appreciate how much time you take to come on my podcast, be on social media, be on all the media to help people get educated because you know we're not going to get that from the government. And one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on today is for some great news. But before we get to the great news, let's get a bit of an update. So I think the last time I talked to you, you had been at 1492 Landback Lane for like 97 days. How many days has that land been occupied now? 357. 
So almost a year, essentially. July 19th will be, yeah, will be one year. Wow. I mean, Mohawks are, if anything, determined and persistent and <laughs> resistant and never give up. <laughs> this is it. I mean, and it really has taken all of those days to be able to, to you know what? The last time we talked, I think there was roads dug up and cops were at the door, you know, 200 OPP spending $20 million to, you know, completely surround us. And, you know, after four months of barricades and because after after we had talked, yeah, it was it was four months of a long winter, you know, of October, November, December, January of just, you know, uh, cops always, always at the door. And I think in uh, most of February. Yeah, it was October 22nd till uh, the very end of February that uh, the roads finally opened up. And so, yeah, I'm quite grateful that today it's especially nice for me to be able to, to do um, uh, Ganawage Reserve and uh, uh, just on the south shore of Montreal is, is taking back some land there. And so we're going to be going up there this evening to visit them. And today I'm at, uh, this morning here, I'm at uh, Ganestage at the powwow here. And so I'm, I'm quite blessed to have this, you know, this amazing view that I, I don't know if you can see behind me, but yeah. it is it's quite beautiful to hear the water lapping and, you know, the, uh, uh, the OBP, the police services board for Haldeman County just released a, uh, uh, their last minutes from um, uh, June 23rd that included a, a call for a warrant for my arrest for, um, uh, reoccupying uh, land back lane after, and that's, or at least that's what they said anyways. And so it was, um, yeah, because we haven't gone anywhere, you know, just because, you know, some of us get arrested, some of us, um, you know, have, you know, obligations in life, but, you know, as, as soon as, you know, one or two fall off, three or four more come on. And so, I mean, like you were saying, you know, we're, we're nothing if not resilient, you know, <laughs> and so it, it it, and so today at Landback Lane, it's about, you know, planting and growing and, you know, we've got trees being planted, and, you know, and, you know, we encourage people to bring that out and plant trees and do whatever it takes for us to be able to manage our people on the land for, you know, the foreseeable future. And so it's, um, it's really important that, uh, that people continue to support what's going on and continue to get involved and get active and push and pressure, whatever it takes to, uh, Sorry, a dirt bike cruising behind me. Is, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, to do whatever it takes to, you know, make make the pushes that we can because, you know, like these courts and these cops and their jails, like, you know, as, as much as, you know, those, it is such a, a step back in time to see, you know, that, you know, it, it went from these residential schools to, jails and institutions whether that's for youth or adults to you know to really try and take the savage out of us and you know what like try as they might they're never going to take the savage out of uh, out of many of us and you know what I think we wear that with pride so no that's awesome and the thing is is that it's literally the opposite you do this out of love you know that's you right. do it love for your land and your people and it's the exact opposite of what they would say is terrorism or criminality. You know, it takes a lot of, it, it takes a long, it takes a lot of time to hate, you know, it takes a lot of time to hate. 
and I just, I, I just, I don't have that luxury of time in my life to be able to hate anything. So, you know, as much as, you know, these police services board people don't like me or whatever, you know, what? like, I, I got no, I got no hate for nobody. And I got, you know, yeah. I think we're, we're, we're showing that bit of resilience and being able to, you know, stay on the ground, stay on the land and just continue to love each other, you know, and lift each other up and build each other up and make sure that, you know, everybody's taken care of. Cause like, like a year, a year of, you know, surrounded by cops and, you know, rubber bullets flying and tasers and people being dragged off the land and, you know, roads being dug up and highways and railways being dug up. And like, it's just, it has been, you know, you almost got used to the helicopters over top of your, uh, over top of the tiny house, you know, the airplanes buzzing over the drones flying over like it, it was, yeah, it was certainly a long year. Well, and I don't know what they thought they were going to find. <laughs> like literally it's such a small little area. Everybody was just, you know, like there was pictures of you playing um, lacrosse and you guys eating or having, you know, concerts, pop-up concerts with Derek and everybody else. I mean, I'm not quite sure what they were looking for. Was there like a, you know, hidden tanks or something? I mean, honestly. I mean, uh, Egerton Ryerson did show up though. Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. I totally, I'm so glad. <laughs> that's right okay sorry they would have found the head of Egerton Robertson <laughs> you know really lost his head at the end there. you know what's so rich about that is that you know no one knew where it went and then of course it ends up at 1492 <laughs> like of course where else would it end up <laughs> where else you know come on that picture is going to go down in history, at least our history books anyway. This is it. Absolutely. You know? Oh, my gosh. Well, something I wanted to ask you about, because the last time you and I talked, we had actually we were going to have an extended interview. And then in the middle of the interview, cops show up and you're like, ah, I got to go. So it just went to show just how minute by minute the situation is. But and I can't remember how many arrests. I think the last time I talked to you, there had been like 25 arrests. So do you know what the update is? Like how many people have been arrested by this uh, point? 50. Just, 50. just shy of 50. Yeah, just shy of 50. Wow. That's so, like Derek Miller, uh, you know, Juno winner and, you know, just epic guitarist and uh, singer is is one of the people that still has an active warrant for him, actually. What? Yeah. Isn't coming down incredible? the land back lane and singing some music for us, you know, like that was, uh, you know, Tony, um, uh, another one that was arrested for it. Um, and there's still, I think there's four, four or five that still have active warrants that are, um, myself, I, did, I, um, May, uh, end of May, I turned myself in to start dealing. I couldn't, didn't have, didn't, didn't, uh, didn't have it in me to get arrested in front of my kids. And so I, I, uh, I turned myself in. I was wondering about that. So, because uh, I'd only seen a little bit on social media about turning yourself in. So, what did that involve? Did you have to like leave 1492 and then go to the cop shop? That's right. Yeah. Went to the police station and walked in the front door, and you'd, you've never seen, uh, you've never seen six, six cops so nice to an Indian before, you know? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, there was, there was, there was quite the caravan that, uh, that followed me up there that day. So, I mean, wow. the, 
there's 60 people standing in the parking lot, you know? Oh my gosh, really? That's so, I mean, you don't have to share, but do you mind sharing what, what could they possibly charge you with? Uh, yeah, no. So, so far the, um, I was arrested on, uh, on August 5th with, um, there was nine of us that were arrested. That was the original raid day. Um, on day 19 <laughs> and, um, and then on October 22nd, there was, um, uh, our last day in civil court for the injunction and, uh, where I was barred from the participation in the yeah. injunction meetings. And, um, and so then that day there was another charge from there. And so let me try and do this chronologically here. So, um, August 5th, I was charged with mischief and failed to abide a court order, which is the injunction. And I was released on, uh, released on my own recognizance. And so it's just sign a piece of paper and I let you go. Uh, when I left the, when I left the uh, police station, I went back, went back to land back lane. And, uh, I had an active warrant from that day, uh, from that day on for breach of that recognizance plus a second mischief and a second uh, fail to abide a court order at the injunction. But on October 22nd, when the cops after court, after, after court on the 22nd for the civil case, um, there was cops waiting for us at the, what we call the back door at a camp. And so this is actually just before we talked last time. And so there was rubber bullets flying in the middle of the road and uh, one guy got tasered and like, so yeah, there was lots, lots happening that day including uh, this one police officer who felt quite intimidated as he had a shotgun trained on me by me. And so I was charged also with uh, intimidation of a justice participant because he was so intimidated as he had his uh, big gun pointed at me. Wow. Maybe it's your face. Your smiling face is pretty intimidating. You know, this is what this face looks like all the time. So, you know, this is... It hasn't done me many favors, you know. But <laughs> Were you carrying Egerton? I mean, was that what was wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, no Egerton Ryerson under my shoulder or anything. So, I mean, yeah. And then, and so, yeah. So now the police services board, actually it was after Ryerson's head arrived. There was some pictures taken with me just outside of the camp. And um, the police services board mistakenly thought that I was taking those pictures right at, right, right at the camp. And. Uh, and said that, you know, I'm thumbing my nose at um, uh, their, their courts. And, you know, I, and, and my, what did I really say? That uh, I show a complete lack of respect for, uh, for their system and their, their, their laws. And, uh, and you know what? I, I don't disagree with it. You know, like the, the fact that your own courts have talked about like this massive disparity that's happened between indigenous people and their system you know your own courts say that they don't serve our nations you know your own courts say this and yet yeah i'm supposed to somehow have some respect for this court that that you know over incarcerates our people in, in, yeah. in record numbers like across the country so you know what I, my my respect for that is is somewhat waning um, yeah. And hello, six charges so far that you've just mentioned. Is there anything else? Um, yeah. And I mean, like, oh, and all of those are kind of, you know, trudging the long road through the court system. Okay. And so, 
um we are going like uh for me personally like there, there's there's no there's no plea deal that's that that i'm going to roll over for okay on this and so i'll be pleading that guilty to that and and so um yeah there's no uh and wasn't at one point like you and i were talking on one of the podcasts and i think it was when the company was either threatening to or was going to file suit against you and 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 try to collect damages against you for their alleged financial woes. That's right. So part of the injunction is uh, the twenty million dollars in damages, and so that 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 judgment was given on October twenty second, which also became a uh, a permanent injunction, and so kind of forever deciding once and for all, whether or not Haudenosaunee uh, people have say over our own lands. And so this, you know, a 70-year-old white guy from Burlington who happened to get the call for that for that bench that day, uh, you know, who spent his life as a family law lawyer, had no idea what was going on and, like, just, just made mistakes in law around uh, deciding that I was abusing the process and as a self-represented person, like it, it, uh, there, there's lots of steps that they're supposed to follow. They're supposed to, you know, give me a roadmap yep. uh, of how to, how to do that. And so, uh, he really, he wasn't a big fan of mine that no. was, and, uh, and said that, you know, our, uh, yeah, he said some pretty, pretty, uh, pretty flagrant things that day that, uh, just showed that he didn't quite understand the law that he was talking about and so so now it's uh an appeal we got an appeal before the ontario court of appeal coming on october 26th almost oh, wow. a year just over a year after um and, and so, is that an appeal of the civil judgment or any of the criminal right. stuff no none of the criminal the stuff civil. has even seen a trial yet or oh, okay like and so that'll be i don't even know how long like we're talking months down the road yet yeah this this is criminal law in, in Ontario, unless you're, you know, uh, a big dollars um, development company who can, you know, get an injunction in a week and, you know, have 120 officers come and enforce that injunction and, you know, really put their foot in it with Six Nations community and that scene, you know, a couple thousand people take to the streets and the roads and the railways and the, to make sure that our people got back onto the land. Like, like this is a thing, like, you know, we've seen it in 06 and then we've seen it again. Like we, we keep on, you know, displaying for these, these people, like, like that, you know, we're not like, we're not going to tolerate our own PR people. I, I don't care whether, you know, I agree with you or disagree with you, but I'm, you know, our people are not going to stand by and let, let bullets fly over anybody's head without putting ourselves in harm's way in order to stop that. And I think, you know, that we're starting to see that, that, um, uh, across the country that people are really starting to make that stand and like like this this stuff with the residential school stuff um, uh, missing and murdered indigenous women stuff like we keep saying like we want to be able to invite these people home you know the survivors of those schools and those and, and the survivors of these missing and missing women that you know like we want to be able to invite those brothers and sisters home that have been stolen from our communities and you know if we can't offer those those people a place that it can grow and thrive as communities, as nations, then, you know, like, then that idea of reconciliation is dead. Like, why, like, why are we even talking about it? 
you know, like, and certainly now that we're talking about uh, all this undrip stuff and like moving that along, like how can we have those discussions yeah. like within government and not see any kind of movement from the feds or the province and, you know, and I don't know, Haldeman County here has, has done everything possible to instigate and agitate the, the situation. And uh, Premier Ford has done, has put his foot in it more than a few times over this past year, you know, to talk about, you know, the, the bad apples at oh. Six Nations that are, um, I think he even accused me of uh, burning the, our, our chief Mark Hill's house down at one point. And, you know, like, this is, this is what I mean. And anything, so like, anything to smear you, to vilify you, because you're already criminalized. So that's set. Now there's so much support for you, not just from Native people, but from Canadians all across the country who every time they mention something, they're like, oh, yeah, and 1492 Lambeck Lane, here's what you can do. I mean, that's got a great on them because that all comes from a place of love. If you were robbing banks and shooting people, you wouldn't have any support. But they bring more OPP officers out than if there was a bank being robbed. Absolutely. And you know what? Like we've seen hundreds and hundreds, like probably four, five, six hundred different OPP officers make their way to land back over this past just to, you know, rake in some of that pay duty overtime, you know, like. These guys are making, you know, six digits every, like, over, I don't even know yeah. how, like, how many months. Like, it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous that we can spend $20 million on policing, you know, 20, 40, 50 people, you know, sat around the fire singing Kumbaya. <laughs> like, you know, I and, know. Like, like, this is, it's an, like, the only time, only minute, that have ever seen violence at land back lane is when the OPP showed up with their guns and their cuffs, you know, like mm -hmm. this is the only, like it, it has been an absolutely amazing experience to be able to, to hold firm in the peaceful way that we've managed to. It's, uh, it's been quite the gift that's been given to us. And, so you know, I really works. need to take a minute to acknowledge like the, yeah. the women that have, because like folks need to know, like I'm, I'm not the leader in any of the stuff at land back lane. Like I'm, I'm uh, like, I, I'm merely the spokesperson. And so like all of these words are just, you know, words that these women in our community that have been leading the push in all of this, like, um, you know, the women warriors across all of Turtle Island, like the, like I, I, you know, I, my hats off to you for the work that you guys do. And like, I, I cannot, like, I, I just don't have the words to be able to show the gratitude for, for the work that you guys continue to do over and over and over again and, and you know show from coast to coast that the women of our community like have have gone through untold traumas to be able to get to where you are and like um you know our community has has some of the most amazing women that i've ever met in my life and i just uh, uh who have been leading the charge and all of this and i just you know i can't say enough about how amazing they are no, and, and, you know, of course, people from Six Nations, too, and Gunawage, Gunasatage, Akwasasne, like, there's, they have lots of powerful people there, powerful matriarchs, and um, it's just so inspiring. And all the way along, like, literally from the first 
time this became an issue, like day one, you were saying, I'm not the leader, I'm the spokesman. <laughs> Yet there was there was some politician or judge or somebody who had actually said, and I laughed when I heard it, that you should just go tell the people there at Landback Lane it's to disperse as if you had some kind of dictatorial power that you could just wield over all the other land defenders. And it made me laugh, but I don't even know if they understood why the rest of us would be laughing for them to yeah. say, oh yeah, Skylar, go tell them to dispense. Yeah, get out of here now. It's time to, hey, everybody, we gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> the judge told us, hey, I gotta, we gotta go. Yeah. No, oh that was the goodness. judge. That was the judge that time that had uh, had dubbed me the leader and said oh that if I wanted to participate in court, that I couldn't be on the land as well. And so we had to let the development roll on in order to be able to fight the court battle. But then, then it would they, be over. Well, that's the thing, right? Is everything gets whittled down? Like, and this is what land claims are, right? Like, land claims have absolutely nothing to do with land. Like that, like the idea that that land claims in this country have nothing to do with land to me is an absolutely ridiculous thought. Everything, that connection to land for us doesn't have a, a dollars and cents value for us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like that, 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 that connection that we have isn't, isn't something that can be sold or, you know, put a dollar figure to. And, and so we didn't quite understand that. And so, <laughs> Yeah. here we are at day 356 or whatever <laughs> yeah i know and i just the thought of like skylar walking into a whole bunch of matriarchs and saying hey you women get out of here like like and, you know this power over all these mohawk women as if that would happen it'd be two heads on pikes it'd be yes. egerton and skylar williams yeah that's it <laughs> Well, Egerton didn't fare out very well, but let's talk <laughs> about the good news because in addition to yeah. Egerton magically arriving at 1492, there is some good news to share. Absolutely. You know, um, so last week, the developer, we got uh, word from one of the would-be homebuyers that had, had uh, called to say, you know what, um, I think you guys won. The, uh, the developer has, has sent an email out this morning saying that uh, they're canceling the development at, at, uh, at Landback Lane and are, um, are refunding all of the would-be homebuyers their, their uh, down payments. And so we were, uh, we were quite blessed to be able to have, you know, on Canada Day, yeah. something to celebrate, you yeah. know. And so that Saturday after the, the third we had, you know, all of those, all of those singers and songwriters and performers, you know, like Logan Stotts and Derek Miller and Jace Martin, uh, uh, Blaine Bumbry, like you know, all of that. Tom Wilson came out again. Like these are all people, uh, Phil Davis, like all people that have been arrested <laughs> for singing songs at Landback Lane. We're like, absolutely. There is nothing that like we need to come down and do that. Absolutely. 100%. We are in, we're going to do it we're coming to sing for you guys like and so they all came back and you know we, we put on we made it we built a stage that was and yeah Layla Black um like they, like the list just kept on going like there there was there was a bit of stage management that had to go on for, uh, <laughs> I couldn't get over the overwhelming support that we had from folks like it was quite a beautiful day that is and, and like you know we can look at 
always look 10 years down the road and feel overwhelmed or, you know, on the day by day when you don't think you're seeing progress, but not, but if you just hold out, you'll see like you guys held out and you had to hold out a long time, a long time. And then there's all of these things that are celebrations, like all of the people who sent you food and supplies, that must've been a good feeling to know that there, all these people were supporting you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's, that's the other bit of this, right. Is like, like, they're like, like this is taking hundreds and hundreds of people, you know, like there's, you know, no one, two, 10, 20, 50 people that could have done this. Like this was hundreds of people that all like came together in like this perfect bit of like, it was music, you know, like the, yeah. to see everybody be able to, to work together, like families and, you know, and, and this is the same in every single indigenous community across the country that like, you know, there's lots of um, internal strife that happens within our communities, whether that be like certainly ones that have still maintain a traditional council and elected system and all that kind of stuff. And so there's lots of uh, kind of inner politics that has to go on within our communities and six nations being as big as it is, the 20,000 people that, that it is like, it's a lot of it. And so um, those families of different, you know, or people from all of those different families that, you know, otherwise, you know, don't like each other very much, but know that this is our land, yeah. that understand that connection to this land and what it's going to take to be able to maintain uh, and occupy those lands for the foreseeable future. You know, they came out in droves to be able to make sure that people that were you know, sacrificing that bit of better their life that, you know, whether it's warm food or, you know, clean blankets or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like they had capacity to do it. Like, I, I just, I can't say enough about how grateful we were to be able to have the support that we did. Like, yeah. Now yeah. to all of you. Yeah. And the, the good thing about it is, is you share that with the rest of the world so that our youth and other people can see that resistance takes a whole bunch of different forms. Sometimes you only see the guy that's right before the camera, you know, the boots on the ground, but for the boots on the ground to be successful, there are multiple outside layers of people who are doing, you know, the legal research, doing the media, doing the fundraising, doing the supplies, doing the moral support, doing the music concerts. Like really our resistance is this huge collective effort and you guys couldn't do it all by yourselves. Like it really was such a massive group effort. And I think about, you know, when you were fundraising. Oh, are you still? Okay, great. I was thinking about, you know, when you were fundraising and I was thinking, oh, it's going to be so hard to fundraise, you know, because there's so many things going on. And then, you know, you make a call out and people respond and people are like supporting all of this stuff and not just native people. And I think that's pretty amazing. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because I know in the very beginning when you and I talked and you guys were fundraising for legal fees, you, you, um, at the time you hadn't met like your goal because more and more and more and more people were being um, um, arrested. What is the situation of the fundraising now? Um, are we still making a call out for people to support legal fees? Because when you said 50 people were arrested, that yeah. I, I just can't imagine the costs of all of that. 
Yeah, so so far we we set a goal of five hundred thousand dollars, and so as of I think a couple of days ago, I think we were at four hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars that we had had raised so far, and so that's going to cover our uh, our civil case as well as um, all of the ongoing uh, charges. Uh, but there is still uh, a lot of the pending charges that are going to be going to trials and things like that, that will be quite, quite expensive. And so absolutely to be able to, you know, bump that up that yeah. last $20,000 to be able to, to, to reach that goal, like would be absolutely amazing because I mean, the, the amount of sacrifice, and then if there is any um, uh, uh, excess funds, like that'll be going into people's canteens and to be able to help those families of oh, yeah. people that will be, yeah, uh, because they are asking for some considerable time for myself and some of the other land defenders. So people need to understand, obviously, anyone who's listening or watching just how expensive legal stuff is. But imagine, you know, you know yourself what governments are like and especially Crown prosecutors, or at least in our experiences and other First Nations, it's not just the charge. They're making motions and you know, they're constantly, especially in the civil case, constantly making motions that you have to respond to or trying to get dismissals or trying to do all of these things. So your costs keep creeping up before you even get to the main case. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's like, this has been the problem, right? And so to try and be able to get folks on board to be able to do that at minimal cost. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we have managed to do that. And so, we we should um uh they're very happy so far with the the work that uh, our team had done with Good. you know the land back legal team which again like is not one lawyer amongst us but you know i'm really really lucky in my friends to have the you know absolute smartest team of people behind us that you know like uh managed to be able to you know put this put this together like in the most you know beautiful way that yeah. you know um and I think we kind of laughed when when we uh, got barred from participating in, in my own defense. Um, the uh, uh, if we were going to lose, this is the way we wanted to lose, is because yeah, to just be able to show just how racist these judges in yep. our country, in this country, still are. You know, like this isn't something from, you know, you know, 1921, this is 2021, and we are still facing the same discrimination, that same racist politics, that same racist backdoor dealing kind of way of doing things. And it's just, it's not how we roll, you know, and we need to be able to, to, to push back and push back in, in ways that are, you know, maintain, you know, our integrity and our, 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 our that peace amongst, you know, amongst our people so that, you know, we, as much as we're willing to put ourselves in harm's way, you know, like yeah. we want to make sure that our people are safe on the ground. And, um, you know, I've been at this since, you know, Hipper wash and I've seen, you know, these things. I was a kid going there, you know, and like um, to see this in 06 and, you know, across the country to be able to lend a hand and support wherever we can. And yeah. I think, you know, there's something kind of in the air right now that sees, you know, communities of people coming together and, ways like in you know activist circles keep talking about like there's there's something that's there's a spark here and yeah. like um you know that regardless of you know what community of people you come from what nation you come from like like there's there's an opportunity to be able to make some real 
lasting change. But, you know, it, it, it's going to take having that bit of love and compassion with each other that, because, you know, we don't all agree on everything. But those little things that we disagree on that we've managed to keep us divided for so long, like I think like these are our opportunities now mm-hmm. to be able to pull those people together to say, you know what? Yes, I, I, I think that, you know, when we went to war and when our, when our nations were at war and, you know, the, and, you know, 1256 or whatever year, you know, before <laughs> contact, like our, uh, you know, we're, we're ready to bury those hatchets and we yeah. need to be able to, to come together to support each other and lift each other up, do whatever it is that we can. And, you know, like, um, that support from, you know, non-native folks as well across the country, you know, like mm-hmm. if there's this going on in your backyard, get out and help. Yeah. Whether that's looking a plate of food, whether that's, you know, sending them 50 bucks, like it doesn't matter, you know, get out there and like, you know, this has been a year at Land Back Lane and, you know, like we couldn't have done it without every single person that is, you know, yeah. said, you know, I don't know anybody, but I'm going to, I'm going to go down there and see Maybe they'll think I'm a cop. I don't know, but <laughs> and like, but that's the thing. And you know what? Like these, this shock to 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 all of us that you know this developer after a year decided to pull out. Like, I hope that resounds that 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 resonates that that reverberates across Turtle Island. That you know that they that people need to understand that when we stand together in unity and and you know really push push back in every possible way that we can. Like we can win. Like those wins are possible. And they may be, they you know what? They might be incremental wins. Like it is very, very small wins for sure. And then, but like this is a generational struggle. Yeah. You know, like my parents fought, my grandparents fought, my great grandparents. And so, you know, that gives at least an opportunity for our children to be able to have an argument because if we do nothing, if we do nothing. You know, our, our children, our grandchildren, there, there isn't even going to be an argument to be made. Yeah. And so when we have these opportunities to sit with each other, to laugh, to love each other, to be able to lift each other up, to support, to, to make sure that, you know, uh, it's gonna, the one in Gunawage that's, that, that's going on right now, that yeah. is, you know, and it's, and it's, you know, 10th day, you know, like to, to come out here and to visit them and, and, you know, to be able to share some stories with folks on the ground there, like this is, this is my plan for the evening. So <laughs> no, that's, you know. that's good. And it, and it comes down to that, you know, stories and, and, and being together and supporting one another, because I can't even imagine the toll that it's taken on you and your family. Um, because I know what our communities are like, you know, colonization has divided us and, it's really hard. It, all of these issues are really hard and it takes time. And, and, you know, to see you still at it is just so inspiring because it tells the rest of us, it's a, you know, net, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. So what happens now? So they've given up the, the development, which is like a huge win. Sure. Is there any sign that governments are going to come to the table and negotiate you know, with all of the all of the beautiful things that have happened in this last year, I think that's the one thing that really, really bites hardest is this absolute lack of leadership from the feds and the province. Because you know what, we've seen absolutely nothing. You know, after after just shy of a year, you know, it, it is absolutely a disgusting thought that the only representation that we we've gotten from. Um, from the feds of the province has been at the, at the, at the point of a gun, you know, 
with these men walking in with guns on their hips. Like this is not what reconciliation looks like. This isn't what nation to nation looks like. Like, like I, I'm so sick of this rhetoric from, um, from whether that's, you know, ah, Carolyn Bennett, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. That, um, you know, I thought that was the, the point of her office was to deal with situations just like this. It is. And so like the, the, the idea that, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau ran on this thing and seen, you know, Ongohoe people come out in droves to vote for him. Um, for folks that want to continue to support, continue to, you know, make sure, like, right now, it's about sustainability. You know, it's about making sure that land back is a sustainable community for, for the foreseeable future, you know, and we want to make sure that our people are going to be on the land and be able to continue that fight because, you know what, the developer, as much as, you know, they've pulled out of the development you know like this isn't because they grew a conscience one day this is because they you know like their insurance won't cover them no more there's not a bank in the world that's going to fund them anymore you know like this is this is why they pulled out yeah. you know it, it's got nothing to do with them growing a conscience and so we want to make sure that our people are going to be able to maintain our space on that land for all of the days to come and so that our grandkids and great grandkids have a space that they can utilize as they see fit. And so, you know, as you know, that encroachment continues to happen as our people uh, continue to get hemmed in, in our communities, you know, because that's the thing is we just want to be able to grow and thrive. You know, we want that same opportunity that every other uh, big city or small town has done over the last 150 years, which is to grow. And so uh, only only communities across this country that have gotten smaller are reserves. And so we want to, we want to be able to make sure when we're calling on those brothers and sisters to come home to, to rejoin our nations, that uh, they have a place that they can do that. Awesome. So people can keep speaking out, sending supplies Absolutely. when you send out supply sure. lists and the donation link, I'm assuming, is still active. Right. OK, yeah, I'll no. post links to all of that to make sure people can just right support on. how they want to. So much love, Pam. I really appreciate being on the show. And, I, you know, I, I'm really grateful for the work that you do. So, like, yeah, let's uh, let's keep on uh, on doing this. And, like, let's uh, let's talk again soon. Okay. And say hi to Egerton for me. I certainly will. <laughs> okay. Well. See you later, right. Skylar. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. I am so thankful that Skylar joined us on the Warrior Life podcast to provide us with this much needed update and the to celebrate the great news around the development not going ahead on their territory. However, as Skylar said, it's super important that you keep supporting them, keep making noise, keep pushing all of the government and town officials. And of course, they still need fundraising for their legal fees. That's so important. And I'll post links to where people can get more information about providing supplies and support for all the people at 1492 Landback Lane and also a link to the donation site. I think it's so important that we continue to support our land defenders in every single way possible all over Turtle Island and continue to lift up their voices. By having eyes and ears on what's going on, this is a way of keeping the land defenders safe. Warrior Life Podcast will be taking a break from one-on-one interviews over the summer, but make sure to still stay tuned each week for my Reconciliation Book Club episodes that were originally featured on my YouTube, and you can catch up on some of the amazing books that we read. 
And don't forget to support this podcast on Patreon so I can continue to keep bringing you independent content. Till next time, keep living a warrior life. Walali out.